Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who like to use a lot of words yet say nothing at all. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 324 for September 12th, 2016. On today's show, we're talking about getting hot with epoxy outdoor bar top options, and jointing a strip of molding by hand. But before we get to all that, let's thank some generous people. And I've got our little handy document here open with all the folks who helped us out on Patreon. Uh, We've got a Dan Fuller, Hugh Janus, uh, Brian Scott, Stephen Wilson, Chuck Hart, Org My Shop, Todd, Todd Hoops, Roger Dolan, What's so funny, you jerks? You Janus. Oh, yeah, they got me. <laughs> that is awesome. I was I was hoping one day something like that would happen. Hugh Janus. And uh, where did I leave off? Roger Dolan? Roger Dolan? And a hug and kiss? Uh, <laughs> Evan Ramser. Uh, John Welton. And I, you know what? If you put it there, I promise you I will say it. I don't care what it says. I'm just going to read it. So have fun with it, guys. Uh, for four bucks, I'll do anything. Um, Jack Evans, Nick Step, Mike Mertzke, Brian Prusa, um, Scott Hahn, Brian Comerford, and Steve Potzel. Po- and thank you very much, everybody, for helping us out. Now, if you want to help out the show, keep things rolling, keep us doing some really cool things, which I'll mention something here coming up in a minute, uh, thanks to the folks, uh, uh, our patrons at Patreon. Um, Patreon.com slash WoodTalk is where you can go for all the information. We've got a bunch of different levels depending on how much you want to help out and uh, your budget, and you can get some stuff in return, like stickers, T-shirts, access to extra content like the Extra Show, which is something we do every week now. We answer an entire email and uh, kind of go on and on and on and on and on about it, which I guess people like. And uh, no, seriously, though, it's a very uh, short little extra show that comes after this show. And you can only get that uh, on, the, on the Patreon campaign. So definitely check that out. And I guess I was going to mention this before. Yeah, let's talk about it and what's on the bench. Um, not to confuse things, but let's move on to a quick reminder, because I think, not mistaken, we were giving either the wrong name of the brewing company and at Woodworking in America that we're going to be meeting <laughs> yeah. at. Or something. Something got screwed up. Apparently, there's two different more line places like Lager House and Brewing Company. So the place where the meetup is occurring, that's this week on Thursday, September 15th, 5 to 8 p.m. It's Christian Moorline Brewing Company, and that's at 1621 Moore Street in Cincinnati. So I, I don't know how far that is from the original place we talked about, but that is the place where the meetup is occurring. If you're on Facebook, we will put an, uh, a link to the event if you want to just kind of sign up. We're not really doing an RSVP thing, but it's just if you want to say, hey, I'm going, you could do it there. But that's where it is, Christian Moorline Brewing Company. So I don't know how that got mixed up, but it did. So yeah, we're done. Uh, let's move into what's on the bench then. And uh, this goes back to what I was saying before. One of the things I've been spending some time doing this week is playing with our mobile recording setup, which is kind of cool. If we're going to record on the road, I like it to sound good. Um, I know, you know, recording on location is okay, but sometimes you get that like mic in the middle of the table sound and it just is like, oh, that's great that you guys had fun, but the thousands of listeners at home think this sounds like (laughs) crap. So I wanted to make sure we had a really decent setup. So we we do. And thanks to all the folks at Patreon, we took the first payout that we got from Patreon and dumped all that money into equipment, microphones, and things that we're going to need to not only record a full-scale episode with the three of us in person in my hotel room, probably naked, um, we will also be <laughs> asked, definitely. most definitely, uh, <laughs> and we will also be trying to get some guests, folks who are presenting at Woodworking in America, people who you might find interesting, maybe just some people we find off the show floor. Like, hey, you, come with us. 
Let's do a show together. <laughs> That'll naked. be totally we, awful. Do we tell true. them about the naked part first, or do that, we just spring that on them? I don't know. Either way, it's like, to be invited to my hotel room is kind of the tactic I'm, I'm going for, just to see. So some of the lady presenters may not be quite so comfortable with that approach. <laughs> but uh, we're going to invite some people on, talk to them for a few minutes, get some quick interviews, see what you know what they have to say, get their perspectives, and I think it'll be really cool. So we will have a fourth chair on some of those shows, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. But it's all thanks to folks who helped us out on Patreon. So we really appreciate the support. And I've been kind of fiddling with that setup all week and just trying to get things together. Didn't have much time to do any woodworking, but I have been working on the Woodworkers Fighting Cancer build, which is coming up and we're kind of shoehorning it in because um, we did actually find a buyer for the house. We're now under contract again. Um, Let's just hope this one doesn't fall through. Like I don't get too excited until we're much further into the process. (laughs) I've been burned too many times in this. So Either way, it seems like it is happening at this point. That means I don't have much time, guys. I've got um, a grandfather clock and now this uh, charity build to do by like October 20th. Well, the closing date is October 20th. That, I mean, you, and you, you know, I can't. What that is? What's that? Are you announcing what that is? Oh, the, the project? Um, yeah, why not? It's, it's basically a. Let Wood Talk listeners hear it first. You hear it here first. It's an exclusive, folks. Uh, this just in, I'm building a bookcase. <laughs> oh, I was hoping it was a for sale sign, a house for sale sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm building a stick that you drive into the ground and nail a sign to. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not just any bookcase. Of course, with Woodworkers Fighting Cancer, we nearly always try to do something that is geared toward kids uh, because it's easy to build for other people. It's easy to donate. Uh, it's also just, you know, something a lot of people like to do. And it's something we don't normally do throughout the year on the show. So it's a kid's bookcase that's basically a castle and the sides will have like the whole little thing, you know, you know what it looks like teeth on the top. What's that called? Is that a parapet? Battlements. Let's look that up. Yeah. Those things. So, but it's going to be simple, you know, it's not gonna be too complicated, uh, glue and screws primarily, but it's going to be just dressed up to look like a cool castle. And the, the sort of partitions on the interior are going to have these little doorways so that you could use it to not only store things, but also the kids can play uh, with it and have like little guys going through from one room to the next. Uh, there's going to be a door on the bottom that opens like a drawbridge. So it'll be painted to look like a drawbridge. And I might even try to like get a spool and some string Uh, and like do a little drawbridge thing there. So we're going to have fun with it, but it is going to be super easy to build, um, you know, just in a normal classic uh, woodworkers fighting cancer style uh, that I think everybody's used to at this point. So um, it's probably going to be a one to two day project at the most and looking forward to it. But I do have to squeeze that in with some serious time crunches uh, coming up here. So that'll be my, my busy week. As soon as I get back from, um, from woodworker, uh, woodworking in America, I got to jump on this stuff and get on it quickly. Wow. Nice. Good luck. I can't believe it's been a year. I know. I feel like I just finished that table. Yeah. The kids table. And I was thinking, oh, well, that's right. I was late. I was like, no, wait, I was actually on time this year. Yeah. How about this? My daughter is a year old. That's <laughs> kind of crazy, right? Crazy. I mean, it's like she know. just got here. Well, she did uh, 12 she months did. ago. <laughs> so, ago. so that's what's coming up. That's what's going on with me. Uh, Matt, what about you? I've been getting ready for uh, working in America. I'm doing those three uh, three sessions this year for the first time, doing that kind of thing. So I've been working on, um, you know, slides and um, some examples, I guess, or um, I don't know, small stuff I can fit in a suitcase to like demonstrate a point. Because mm-hmm. like, especially for my making your own lumber session, like I'm not going to be like I can't bring my chainsaw mill on the airplane, probably, <laughs> like feasibly, <laughs> you know, or, like a log or whatever. Yeah. 
If you try, could you have like somebody like Dima come and film you go through security? Because I think that would make good content. Yeah, definitely. Uh, a little bit of oversized duffel bag. What's in here? Oh, a chainsaw. Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That'll be fine. It doesn't have any gasoline in it. Uh, maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. You know? As long as it's in a Ziploc bag, you'll be okay. <laughs> Three ounces only. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm making um, miniatures, I guess. Uh, one that last week was a um, a miniature, oh, like slabbed up log thing with little baby stickers between it. So I had little um, eighth inch by eighth inch square stickers, and I think they were cut at quarter inch slabs. So like for scale, I think it'd be like twelve quarter ish, something nice. like that. It's pretty cool looking. I mean, it's like a foot long and I don't know three inches wide. It's like a stick I found in the yard, it's cut <laughs> up on the bandsaw. Sweet, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> That's going to get seized. You know, it is. <laughs> it's like, he's got a sawn up stick, Bob. Man, there must be drugs in there. Yeah. Pull that kid aside. It's hollowed out at the core. You got to be careful. Yeah. With that. <laughs> Why else would he bring a stick? I don't know. Pull that him in. <laughs> get the rubber gloves. Nice. Sounds good. So are you nervous for the, the presentation? Oh, extremely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm I think I'm less nervous about the first one, the making your own lumber. The thing I'm the most nervous about is filling the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think making your own lumber is pretty easy. There's a lot of stuff and tangents that can go on for that whatever hour and a half, two hour segment. But like my other two sessions, I'm like, I don't know if I can fill this time. I hope to God someone asked me like a lot of questions so I can go on some tangents because otherwise it's gonna be done in like forty five minutes. Do you wanna yeah. um preload some questions? Just send me questions and I'll just ask them from the back <laughs> of the room and I'll change my voice every time. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Matt, I've got a question. How do you grow such an awesome beard? You could do like the whole auction thing and like we have someone on the phone that uh, has a question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is Don from Tuscaloosa calling in. Oh, that sounds good. That's uh that's it's it's always a lot of pressure at events like this. And woodworking in America is kind of it's kind of a big deal, man. I mean, don't get too nervous, but it's, you know, kind that's of a make or, it's a make or break thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Way to, way to talk know, it up, man. Mark. I think the the two hours seems like a long time. My fear is, as you guys know, I can fill time pretty easily. Yep. <laughs> it's that it makes sense. And it doesn't just ramble on and, and just be full of useless platitudes. So, uh, yeah, I've probably organized and prepared more for this than I have just about anything, just because I usually wing it. Yeah. <laughs> and this this is I've got outlines and slides and visual aids and. And I was telling these guys right before the show, we are now officially driving instead of flying. Mm. So it's like, okay, great. Now I don't have to worry. You know, I was doing this sawing lesson thinking I'm not going to have any saws. So I was like bundling up some full-length saws to actually mail and worried that, you know, they're going to get damaged on the way. And then how do I get them back? Like I can mail them to the popular woodworking office, but then I've got to figure out a way to get them back. And my flight's leaving like three hours after my class ends on Sunday. I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be a pain. So then just uh, for a variety of reasons, mainly my wife is terrified of flying and it was finally like, you know what? Let's just drive. Now suddenly it's like, great. Now I can bring this saw and this saw and this saw. And I'm thinking this is going to be like a four hour session if I'm not (laughs) careful. I'll just be up there rambling on about, well, the 10 inch saw is 12 to 14 PPI and people just snoozing in the audience. It, well, you know what? You bring that up. But what's weird, at least from my experience, maybe it's just me, but I've also seen it when I was in the audience at events like this. Um, it, because the audience does tend to sway a little older, 
a lot of these people are there for a good nap. And like, yeah. no matter how interesting what you say is, you're always going to see a little of the arms crossed, head going to the side, just kind of <laughs> nodding off a little bit. And you're just like, you can't take it personally, you know, because I mean, that's, that's just. Uh, you, you could be like a, like a middle school teacher and, and call on them. Or just grab a big yardstick and smack it on the table in front of them. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll just use a saw. I just use the back of the saw. <laughs> yeah, smack them with the saw. <laughs> That'll go over you well. Hear that sound, folks? When you smack it against your face and it rings like that, that's a good saw. That's the one you want to buy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's a lot of audience participation, like Matt said. You yeah. know, and of course, my wife, the the you know what 25 year veteran teacher, is just like you need to be prepared for no one to say a word. Like yep. you've got to fill the time. If you go there, like prepared to be all Socratic method and stuff, no one will say a word and you'll be like, uh, what time is your <laughs> session? Uh, one 30, and eight 30. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's the early morning ones that can be rough. Like no matter how interested people are, people are generally like brain dead first thing in the morning. So yeah, my, my lumber class is eight 30 in the morning on a Friday. Nice. Very first session. <clears throat> like, I hate mornings. It's going to be terrible for me. For one, I'm yeah. like, I'm the one falling asleep. <laughs> what you need nice. to do is come out with your shirt off just to kind of break the ice a little bit. Just run in from the back. Where are I got yeah. a banner I can run through. You know, it's yes. perfect. Yes, there you oh, go. Man. Yes. Oh, fog machine. I'll bring one. Oh, man. I'm liking where this is going, guys. You guys really need light to, switch. Who's going to be fucking the light switch? You need to hire me as sort of a uh, – be careful with that motion there. It's not great for video. <laughs> just a heads up. It was up in the up. air. It was up in the air. <laughs> okay, just a heads up. <laughs> no pun intended. You could you could be the session DJ, Mark. <laughs> okay. We could give you a table on the back and like a couple of uh, – couple turntables and just be back there. I could just kind of be like your, your session consultant, party planner, you know, (laughs) slash all around, just make things, make things happen. Guy, you guys want some fireworks in the back? You got it. I'll do it. Oh yes. (laughs) Laser show, please. Thank you. This is, this is awesome. Well, that sounds good. Um, Shannon, what do you got going on? Uh, well, last week I talked about, uh, I was gearing up for veneer and I was curious about dying veneer. I got some interesting, um, feedback on that and a couple of people responded to the show it does seem like the whole vacuum tube idea mm-hmm. is probably the best one but i hadn't i hadn't thought about this all i could think of was like you know uh vacuum bags like for pressing veneer and i hadn't really kind of thought it through and it just occurred to me a lot of people saying just use a pvc pipe and uh suck the air out that way and a couple of people were like you can just use a regular vacuum cleaner to suck out the air it doesn't have to be like perfect vacuum um so I, it's interesting i'm kind of uh, curious to try that but at the same time, I had some uh, beautiful black dyed poplar delivered veneer. It's a full 16th inch stuff. I got it from a JSO Veneers. They have a whole big giant eBay store. Right. At the same time, I got some Avadire, which is a really nice kind of substitute for satin wood. It's that kind of deep yellow color, but it's a little bit more figured. So I'm I'm pretty psyched. But now I'm trying to figure out like how do I store this stuff yeah. i mean i've got uh what is it 112 some inch long piece of veneer it's eight inches wide 16th thick i've got two of them and they're all coiled up and i'm just you know you you minute you like take the the wrap off it uncoils like mad and it's all over everywhere and i'm mm-hmm. thinking all right what am i going to do here but the volume of veneer like if i'm just using it to make edge banding i've got enough edge banding material to last me Several, several decades, I think. Nice. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, but it is interesting, as I said last week, kind of diving into new area of woodworking is always fun because now it's like 
well, now I need I need to build this little jig. So I built a little veneer press. Uh, I'm getting kind of like a, a bench hook type thing that goes over the entire bench for cutting veneer. So I'm not like cutting into my bench top with a knife. And mm-hmm. I'm a little worried that the kind of open pore structure of my ash bench top might cause some problems, especially as I'm cutting with the grain on some of these thin veneers. Mm-hmm. So I'm building a, a hook and I'm going to take a, a tip out of a, what's his name? Paul Church's book. Yeah. and get one of those like self healing cutting mats to put on top of it. Nice. So it's just, it's just kind of fun. It's all the little things that go with you just to, you know, at the same time, it can hold you up from actually getting started in making banding. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm not going to get to this till after woodworking in America. So I can kind of stall by just building jigs and, and playing with my veneer, rolling around on the floor with my veneer. Like <laughs> it's <that>. so nice. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Well, cool. Uh, let's get into what's new. And we don't really have a whole lot. This one here is sent by Kyle. And you probably, I don't know, a lot of people have probably seen this. Kind of hesitant to even talk about it because it's one of those divisive videos that you love it or you hate it or you might feel it's a little inappropriate. So we will put the link in the show notes uh, and we'll, we'll embed the video. Uh, but it is a young lady, uh, a nice young lady talking about woodworking. It's called The Woman's Guide to Woodworking. It's completely meant for comedy and it is definitely, I would say, not safe for work. So careful where you're clicky. And uh, I, I don't know how much we should say about it. I don't think it sh- it shouldn't be divisive just because she's the one making fun of. I mean, and it's to me, it's so obviously tongue in cheek. Yeah. You know, that I actually I, I just think she's just awesome. It's for, like coming out and and totally like calling out people. Yeah. Calling it's, out the chauvinist mess that is woodworking. Well, it is divisive because it's online. And you yeah, can post a picture true. of a flower and suddenly, you know, you're going to have two people on two sides of an argument. So, um, yeah, but, but again, it is totally tongue in cheek. It's one of those, um, I said this before, she kind of has that Amy Schumer sort of personality type, uh, you know, with a little, a little self-deprecation, but at the same time, like, looks like your friend's sister, you know, what I mean? like that, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, go check Good. it out. It, I mean, if it doesn't make you laugh, apologies, but uh, it made me laugh. <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I thought it was We're funny. sorry. You were sorry. Actually, email her. She probably, you know, gets plenty of hate mail at this point. Uh, all right. Moving into our kickback. We got a little voicemail here. And this one is with reference to um, bringing guests on the show. So mm-hmm. let's hear it. And it's mostly pointed at Matt. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, guys. Android Meyer here. Uh, you guys hey. were talking about... Uh, the guests that you wanted to get on the show, I think it was last week or the week before, a lot of people were saying Nick Offerman, and I believe Mark's words were, there's no way that's happening. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that Nick Offerman is close personal friends with Jimmy DiResta. And what a lot of people also don't realize is that Jimmy DiResta is close personal friends with Mr. Matt, my Fremona Cremona, up here in Minnesota. So, uh, and by close personal friends, I mean, I think they took some pictures together at a woodworking event once. <laughs> That's what so, Mr. Matt, my Fremona Cremona up here in Minnesota, use your giant networking skills and make a hat and captain. Uh, also, while you're at it, try to get Jimmy Dresta on your show as well. Uh, thanks. Love the show. Love you guys. It's all about Dresta. And we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. It's all about Dresta. Love you. 
It's all about the rest of it, indeed. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, when are you just going to call your buddy over there and, and make it happen? Come on, dude. Uh, what are you waiting yeah, for? I like I'll that walk. definition of close personal friend. So took some pictures. <laughs> In that case, we've got some friends, guys. It's good Seriously. to know. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm no shortage of friends. <laughs> uh, hey, buddy, remember that time that we took pictures together? No. Well, <laughs> still. <laughs> It'd be nice, but you know what? Uh, I guess one or two degrees of separation does not necessarily mean that things are going to happen. But, uh, you know, we'll still try. We'll still try. It's worth a shot, but you never know. But then, I mean, if really, if you think about it, by the time you're, what, two degrees separated from Nick Offerman, think about how many famous celebrities you are now only three degrees from. It's true, right? Because obviously he knows plenty of people. So shoot, let's yeah. let's why why stop at Offerman? Let's I don't know. Let's take it one step further. Let's get See, Brad Pitt I think Pitt on if the we show. get Offerman, we got to get his wife on because she cracks me up. So oh, yeah, yeah, she's funny. She might be funnier. She might be. <laughs> well, don't let him hear that. <laughs> he probably would agree with you. Yeah, like, so yeah she's fun. just she's just funny. his sense of humor. He probably That's, be like, oh, oh yeah, he married her. She's the real talent in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Uh, just so you know, if you want to leave us voicemails like that, we don't have any voicemail questions today, just that uh, comment, you can actually leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online, or you can call us at 623-242-5180. Uh, and we got another kickback here from um, Nick. He says, I'm going to have to go against the grain and defend Shannon on not caring for contrasting woods. There you go, Shannon. There's one. Uh, I completely know where he's coming from. Too much contrast or too many different woods is not a good thing. It breaks up the continuity of the project. It kind of reminds me of um, the all wood play sets you see that you could buy for kids where every part is a different color. Love the show. Keep it up. So there you go, Shannon. You got somebody on your side. Yay. There's one. Uh, Yeah, I I agree to an extent. You know, too many colors, certainly. But two colors? I don't think that's too many. And you could certainly do the wrong two colors, but the right two done the right way can look really, really good. I think it just, like in everything you design, it all comes down to proportion. Like if it's a really, really small project with two colors, it might be too much. But then again, it might not. Like Who my knows? jewelry box? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, made? no, I just don't like those. <laughs> just in general. The, the design, it doesn't matter what wood it's made yeah, just, just in general. It's I'm just, just glad that of... you flocked it. If you hadn't flocked it, then I would have had a real problem. Yeah, with I flocked it, it all up. Like, yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's um, awesome. To design, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder it's a uh, it's awfully you... it's awfully pedestrian frankly is what it comes down to all right yeah. well what you know said. what's you know what's not pedestrian good quality wow. hardware american made quality hardware is anything but pedestrian uh, bruso hardware provides high quality american made woodworking hardware for furniture cabinets boxes and more and wood talk listeners can use coupon code wood talk for 10 percent off your first order at bruso.com uh, and bruso also recently started a new instagram account and they actually share a bunch of customer submitted photos announcements just other things you know uh related to what they're up to over there that's at instagram.com slash bruso hardware all one word and you just look them up in your app if uh, you got instagram um, and if you'd like to submit a picture and they'll show it on their their account. You can do that. You can actually go to their contact form, and the link is there for the submission page, or we'll put the link in the show notes for you. It's brusocom slash customer dash photo dash submission. And uh, anything you make using their products, you could get a little extra love for, which is pretty cool. I might just go there. I've got like a few dozen projects. Not, not that many. That's exaggerating. <laughs> I've got like five or six projects with Bruso hardware in them that I think would, uh, you know, would be nice to send them. And they'll promptly Thank ignore it. Exposure. So get out of here, Spagnolo. Enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Bruso really makes like top of the line, awesome hardware. When I made the little boxes, I was hoping that they made the little barrel hinges. 
right? Those would have been nice to get from them, but I don't think that they make those. Um, but all the things that they do make are absolutely fantastic. So go check them out. American-made products. It's really good to buy from these folks, and they are good people just in general. You want to support them? Bruso.com. Check them out. All right, let's get to our email. Uh, I don't. Shannon, is your question from a patron, or is that from the scrap pile? That's from the scrap pile. Okay, so generally speaking, if not all the questions, most of the questions we're taking now are coming directly from uh, our patrons, where we every week say, hey, Anybody have questions for this week's show? And we're going to go there first to look for questions. Um, so if, you, uh, if you're if you interested, again, patreon.com slash woodtalk. Can I sell yeah, that the anymore? Patreon page was giving me trouble this afternoon. It just me too. Wouldn't, it wouldn't load worth yeah, anything. Exactly. So I just got frustrated. <laughs> okay. I was, I was actually going to text you guys and say, is it just me or is this not loading properly? Yeah. It just kept pinwheeling and I was like, screw this. I'm going over to the forum. <laughs> Stupid Patreon. <laughs> uh, you know what doesn't I pinwheel? I saw that Matt had a question, so I didn't feel I didn't feel. Oh, bad. yeah. Well, two out of three is not bad. <laughs> All right. So, excuse me while I burp. Uh, The first question is from Kevin Brewer. He says, I used West Systems Epoxy the other day for the first time, and it worked perfectly. The second time I used it, though, I got it got extremely hot. Uh, I'm really hold on. Let me just get this out. If I keep trying to stifle it, it just makes it last longer. You know what I'm saying? All right. The second time I used it, though, it got extremely hot and melted the plastic cup that I used to mix it within a minute. I used a plastic cup the first time, too, and it worked out. So why do you think it would happen the second time? Okay. Well, if you haven't discovered this by now, when you mix epoxy, it heats up. It's an exothermic reaction. It's going to produce a lot of heat in a very small amount of space. Frankly, I'm surprised that the first time it didn't cause a problem either. You should really never mix this stuff in a plastic cup because it is probably going to melt it. Now, what uh, sort of dictates what temperature it gets to, um, how rapidly it goes, like once it starts to, like the reaction kicks off, it's within, you know, seconds, the thing just kind of seizes up on you and it happens very quickly. So, you know, it's, it's again, surprising that it, it happened one time, but not the other, but it could have very well been, maybe you had a little bit more activator in there at some point. So the, um, the reaction itself might've been just a little more ag- aggressive the second time around. Uh, but either way, just don't use plastic cups. I use little plastic or, um, what do you call it? Little paper Dixie cups. And I find those to be a little bit better. And then once it hardens, it hardens, but you do have to be careful about that. If you've ever picked one up while it's curing and hold it in your hand. It is like super hot. So be careful what you put it on and be careful what you put the material in. Again, avoid plastic. Um, But that's just the nature of the beast. I think you just got lucky the first time and the second time is probably going to be typical of what's going to happen if you continue to use those plastic cups. It's just the nature of the beast. I remember the the very first time I made a, a fly rod I didn't really make it. I just, I took a class and it was one of those like assemble a fly rod type things where you just had the, the graphite blank and we just wrapped the guides and then we apply the epoxy on everything. And the instructor had this jig that had like a little low speed motor that would allow the rod to turn so you wouldn't get drips. And there was a, a plastic Dixie cup, like permanently part of the jig with this (laughs) like puddle of epoxy on the bottom. And he's like, you know, I couldn't get it off and I thought I could saw it off, but then I thought that's my constant reminder not to do that ever again. So there's just this nice jig with a motor and everything. And then this like plastic epoxy just melded into the surface of the jig. Yeah. Yes. It was a handle then carrying handle. Right. Well, good stuff. It's funny because I only use plastic cups. Really? Epoxy. Yeah. And no problems with it melting. The only time I've ever had a cup melt is when I mixed a batch of epoxy in a cup that was that had a a batch of epoxy that was in it that was still curing, okay. or had like it had started to solidify, so it was giving off heat, 
which then uh, heated the epoxy I poured in the second time, mm-hmm. and that just turned to goop. Which yeah. is kind of funny. But yeah. I've never had a problem with it actually melting if it was like a one batch or pouring it on top of a fully cured yeah. um, batch. Mm. Well, I guess it might also... Choosing. You know, not every plastic cup is created equal too. you know, so there could right. be different types of plastic or different. You those know, dollar store plastic cups, those ones melt right away. <laughs> right. I get the sweet Walmart ones. The great value is the store brand there. Oh, OK. Hundred for uh, three bucks. Right. I don't know. Must be some good, uh, high quality, low Chinese, quality Chinese plastic. plastic. <laughs> 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 yeah. Nice. I just I like to go with the paper ones just to be safe. But uh, either way. You're probably onto something. The lower quality, the more impure the plastic is. The, yeah, the, the more, more it's like the higher the melting point would be. Whereas yeah. the, the pure ethylene stuff melts faster. So there you right. go. You want to go to the dollar store in Walmart for your plastic cups. Do it. That's the way to do it. Could be, I guess. Uh, okay, next one here is from Brian. It says he's helping his dad build an outdoor bar. It's primarily constructed of cedar with hidden with a hidden frame of pressure-treated pine. Any suggestions for the bar top? It will be outside, exposed to the elements. He's thinking concrete. I thought it, I thought wood might be easier to build, but I'm concerned about holding up over time. We're in Buffalo, New York, snow, rain, etc. It'll be covered in the winter, but still exposed to weather. We very much appreciate any thoughts you have. Thanks. Love the show. Well, I actually think as far as easier to build, concrete way easier to build because you don't have to worry about finishing. Like I learned with this outdoor table project, if you want to do a good finishing job, it's going to take forever to apply the finish. Uh, concrete top, really, really simple to make one of those. I've made a bunch of uh, concrete uh, caps and a hearth and everything for my patio. You just take some melamine, you frame up a little box, you drop some um, like mesh or rebar in there, and then you pour concrete in it, vibrate the crap out of it, and hope for no air bubbles. If you have air bubbles, you just take the original concrete mix you used sift out the large aggregates and just kind of fill the holes with that stuff and you can have a nice perfectly smooth uh countertop hmm. easier much easier than well i don't know if easier but be lifting more weight but uh faster than doing a wood top that's for sure and it's gonna last probably i don't know indefinitely especially if you put a little bit of sealer on there to keep the stains off that concrete it's gonna keep lasting you don't have to worry about refinishing it like you would with a like you would with a wood top. But if you want to do wood, do wood. <clears throat> Concrete's very in vogue right now. You it is very that. in vogue. My wife wants a concrete kitchen countertop because it's like all she sees on the yeah. on the HDTV is right. concrete countertops. Or yourself to save a lot of money. <clears throat> so the question is, is, when is it concrete and when is it cement? Is that like a magma lava thing? It's like a, like a, a cake versus eggs <laughs> is what oh. it is. Okay. One is an ingredient. So cement in the bag, but concrete when it's got well, water and curing. In in concrete, cement is the thing that is the binder. Cement is the binder in concrete. So concrete is okay. sand and aggregate and cement. So the I the see. fact that like a lot of people just sort of call it cement is just one of those weird people things that we do. Yeah, it's like it's like calling anything any ingredient in a cake versus cake. So it's like cement is like flour or an right. egg. As opposed to a cake. Two different, had, totally different things. Cake. I stopped listening. It sounds like cake. my finishing analogy. When people, <laughs> when we start talking about like, it, it, you know, something that it contained oil when it was made, but now it's varnish. <laughs> so you want to put oil on the label and it doesn't, you know, that kind of is misleading. It, it's kind of a similar thing. <laughs> hey, you guys nice. want to talk concrete? We can get Brandon Gore back on the show. Yeah, there we go. It's Actually, built, 
he's like busy building a house in the wilderness somewhere. I don't know what he's doing. That's right. I saw something about that. Yeah, that's cool. But he does do classes though. Uh, um, Concrete. He does uh, cement classes. I mean, concrete classes. (laughs) My my brother's really into concrete. Like he took a bunch of classes in college, and like I think his major was like concrete engineering or something like that. Yeah. he knows a lot about it. So chat, chat room anyway. has given us some information. So Jack Evans says, uh, going back a topic, he says, I use plastic with small amounts of West system. Haven't had any trouble. And, uh, PRBR <laughs> says it's the lead content that makes the cups tougher. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well said. <laughs> That's very true. And maybe it bleeds out into the epoxy and you have stronger epoxy or more toxic epoxy. Probably. It's all, it's all good. I mean, it's got to make Plumber it better. Epoxy. Nice. Cool. All right. This uh, next email comes from Mark, um, and he specifically says it's a question for me, so I, I kind of had to pull it out. Yes. He says, how do I make an 8 to 10 millimeter triangular beading strip using only hand tools? Once I plane a 45 degree edge, then rip saw it, I can't find a way to plane the saw on edge as there's no way to hold the triangle securely, especially softwood. So uh, what I get here is imagine he's making like molding and you have to then joint the backside of the molding that goes against the case or whatever it is you're applying it to. And he does raise an interesting point when it's triangular like that. It's a little diff- difficult to, to deal with it. So your, your best bet in this particular instance is to create um, either a series of saddles or like V-shaped, um, I, I call them joiner saddles or just little blocks with v the cuts in them that will essentially cradle that piece but that v's got to be only deep enough so that the back side of that molding is proud of it so what i actually find works best is if you cut this cut this in the first place you use some sort of sticking board probably to actually hold the piece while you're cutting the 45 degree edge i would come back with um either saw or if you've got a v gouge or something like that and actually cut a little v groove in your sticking board that will then cradle that piece then take a, a wood screw and screw it under the very end, and that's your stop. And you can screw the screw in or out in order to raise or lower it so that that screw head stays below, obviously, the back of the, the molding so you don't run into it with the plane. So now you've got your V-groove kind of nicely cradled inside. Excuse me. You've got your molding nicely cradled inside a V-groove and pushed up against that stop. And if you get the angle right and everything, it should perfectly hold it and keep it from sliding around. You may have to mess with kind of the angle of that groove and the depth of it in order to get it held just right. But worse comes to worse, once you've got that V groove done, fold some double stick tape in there and then just mash it down on the double stick tape and you're good to go. And then you can joint it from there. Hmm. Um, This is basically the same type of thing you're going to do with any molding. If you've got a situation where you now have to joint the back side. You know, you might have to create some sort of negative shape in order to hold it or use some shims or something like that in order to hold the piece. But the first thing you can do to make your job easier is use a finer pitched saw when you're actually ripping it out in the first place. Because then you've got a cleaner cut to begin with and you can take a lighter cut with a plane and fewer cuts with a plane. If you're ripping it away with your, you know, five points per inch uh, rip saw, you're going to end up with a coarser, rougher cut on the back and it's going to take more to clean it up. Hmm. Good to know. Very nice. Mm. All right. Well, I think that uh, that does it for the show here. Now, if you are a Patreon subscriber of the $4 level or higher, you actually do have access to what we're about to record, and that is our email extra, and this time it's going to be all about lades. 
So somebody is uh, picking up a, a new lathe and wants advice on what to buy, what to get started. We're just going to bat some ideas back and forth about that. So you can check that out. And uh, you can also help us out besides Patreon. If you want to go to TWWstore.com and pick up a Wood Talk t-shirt. And also go to the uh, iTunes store and leave us a five-star rating if you like. That costs you nothing. And it always helps us out because it helps other people find us in the store if you give us a good rating. And uh, I'm not going to read any today because I forgot to bring up iTunes. But uh, Shannon, how about you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. Okay. If you have comments, questions, or topic suggestions or guest host ideas. Yeah. (laughs) um, Other people that... Matt, my Fremona Cremona knows there's two degrees of separation. Come on. (laughs) Close personal friends, people I've taken photos with. (laughs) All those people. Please, you can you can leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. You can call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Or you can use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact, or just leave a comment on our website at woodtalkshow.com. So we want to thank all our generous Patreon people that have made this show possible. And you too can be cool and go to our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash woodtalk. Mm-hmm. And then we have our own websites that I don't feel like reading them today. <laughs> don't Mostly because I'm having trouble breathing because the dog just fumigated the entire room. Oh, baby. My, my eyes are watering right now. Those it's are the really, best. really bad. Yeah. <clears throat> Gotta love it. Well, I'll let you go. Uh, oh, man, it's in my mouth. I'll let you go open a window. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. We will catch you next time.